When we trace any one of the major streams of present-day spiritual life back to its sources, we always encounter one of the spirits of our classical period has given an impulse, and from it one or another spiritual movement has taken its start and still continues on today. Our whole German cultural life is so fully based on our classical, more than to express what Goethe or Schiller indicated long ago. We have lived so fully into the world they created that hardly anyone who lives the path they indicated could expect our understanding. Our way of looking at the world and at life is so influenced by them that no one can rouse our interest who does not seek points of reference with this world. There is only one branch of our spiritual cultural life that, we must admit, has not yet found any such point of reference. It is that branch of science which goes beyond provide a satisfying overview of the world and of life. It is what one usually calls philosophy. For philosophy, our classical period does not seem to exist at all. It seeks its salvation in an artificial seclusion and noble isolation from the rest of spiritual. The seeds contained in the scientific achievements of those heroes of the spirit, they and Goethe and then afterwards compare the two. They did not make this comparison for the purpose of gaining something for their own cause from the scientific views of the classical thinkers, but rather in order to test these thinkers to see how they stood up in the light of their own cause. We will come back to this in more detail. But first we would like just to indicate the consequences for this realm of science that arise out of the stance it takes toward the highest level of cultural development in modern times. A great number of educated readers today will immediately reject and read any literary or scientific when philosophy has enjoyed less favor than now leaving aside the writings and take up questions concerning life and the world questions of the most general interest and which works are read today only by people in the profession nobody bothers except them an educated person not in the profession has the vague feeling this literature contains nothing that meets my spiritual needs the things dealt with there do not concern me they are not connected in any way with what is necessary for the satisfaction of my spirit philosophy for, in contrast to this lack of interest, there stands an ever-growing need for a satisfying view of the world and of life. What for a long time was a substitute for so many people, religious dogma, is losing more and more of its power to convince the urge us increasing all the time to achieve by the work of thinking what was once so too. Faith in revelation, satisfaction of spirit, the involvement of educated people could therefore not fail to exist if the sphere of science about which we are speaking really went hand in hand with the whole development of culture, if its representatives decay. Stand on the big questions that move humanity. One must always keep one's eye on the fact of seeking out the need that exists and satisfying it. The task of science, science in the broader sense, from Sire to know is not to pose questions, but rather to consider questions carefully when they are raised by human nature and by the particular level of asking for their findings. But this science passes over the questions that are culture need that is not being satisfied by anyone. Our central science the science that should solve the actual riddles of the world for us cannot be an exception among all the other. Not just come to terms with our classical thinkers, it must also seek in them the seeds. Culture. This necessity resides in the very nature of the matter. It is also due to this 
necessity that modern researchers have occupied themselves with the classical writers in the way already described above. But this shows nothing more than that one had a vague feeling of the impermissibility of passing over the convictions of these thinkers and simply proceeding with the order of the day. But this also shows that one did not really manage to develop their views any further. Despite all the excellence of many of the books about these thinkers, one must still say, regarding almost everything written about Goethe's and Schiller's scientific, again, scientific in the broader sense, works into relationship to them. Nothing demonstrates this better than the fact that the most contrary scientific theories have regarded Goethe as the thinker who had earlier inklings of their views. Worldviews having absolutely nothing in common with each other. Standpoints recognized as being at the height of human development. One cannot imagine a sharper antithesis than between the teachings of Hegel and Schopenhauer. The latter calls Hegel a charlatan and his philosophy vapid word rubbish, pure nonsense, barbaric. Other except an unlimited reverence for Goethe and the belief that he adhered to their worldview. And it is no different with more recent scientific theories. Hegel, who has far the most significant follower of the English scientist, sees his own view prefigured in the Goethean one. Another natural scientist of the present day, Jessen, writes off, is now propped up by many seeming supports shows, unfortunately, how little people know nature by finding, through intelligent, deeply penetrating contemplation of nature, the overwhelming numbers, proofs of the agreement of his scientific theory with the intelligent observations of Goethe, it would put the unity of Goethe's thought in a very dubious light if both of these standpoints could justifiably cite it as their authority. The reason for this phenomenon, however, lies precisely in the fact that not one of these views, after all, has really grown out of the Goethean worldview, but rather each has its roots outside it. The reason lies in the fact that one seeks an outer agreement of one's view with details torn out of the wholeness of Goethe's thinking, which thereby lose their founder scientific direction. Goethe's views were never the starting point of scientific investigations but always only an object of comparison. Those who concerned themselves with him were rarely students, devoting themselves to his ideas without preconceptions, but rather critics, sitting in judgment over him. One says, in fact, that Goethe had far it would be impossible to base a scientific standpoint on him. This is a total misconception about Goethe's nature. To be sure, Goethe was no philosopher in the usual sense of the word, but it should not be forgotten that the wonderful harmony of his personality led Schiller to say, the poet is the only true human being. What Schiller understood here by true human being was Goethe. There was not lacking in his personality any element that belongs to the highest expression of the universally human. But all these elements united in him into a totality that works as such. This is how it comes about that a deep philosophical sense underlies his views about nature, even though this philosophical sense does not come to consciousness in him in the form of definite scientific principles. Anyone who enters more deeply into the totality will be able, if he also brings along a philosophical disposition, to separate out that philosophical sense. Approach him with an already fixed view. Goethe's spiritual powers always work in a way. Systematic presentation of them. Metaphysical TVRZ Theatre Podcast on Anchor FMA. Podcasting host application available free to download on Google Play Store now.